0: Blog Talk Radio. Three, two, Let's in.
1: Hey, folks. Many of you have already agreed with me. I got several um, emails off the recent blog post I did, and I wanted to clear the air because I got um, two. Two nastier emails on that. I had written, if you hadn't read the, read the blog post, I'd love it if you'd go over there and read it after the show. The I posted on the fact that there are many, 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 um, almost 40, I think it was 46, someone emailed me, links to different Facebook pages. And if you can hear me in the chat room, if one of y'all would um, just say, yes, I can hear you good, or no, I can't hear you, um, that way I know if... Um, we're using a different phone system tonight and i wanted to make sure everybody can hear me fine i'm going to assume that you can hear me let's um let me go on through with this blog post i posted that that with all the different facebook pages it um it separates us as vendors um and i'm not telling you which page to join cuz i'm a member of myself of about 9 different vendor pages um, on just on Facebook, and then there's several other ones. Um, hey, thanks for letting me know the sound is good. We have um, some callers on the line already. We've got a, a guest host tonight. If you all were on last week, we had Rob on. Rob is going to cover some other details for us. He's not on a cart tonight. It's going to make life easier, and we'll be able to cover some ground. We're going to go over some neat, neat concepts, and I wanted to um, tell you My reasoning behind this, and and not as a defense for it, but to kind of get your opinions on it, Um, we have, as you know, uh, several different vending groups. Some are closed, private, blocked, whatever, on Facebook, and they're for vendors. Now, obviously, when you get a bunch of people in a room together, you know, getting vendors together is like herding wild cats. And so we don't have the um, ability to, you know, Everybody's not going to get along with everyone, and that's my point of this, but I wanted to tell you, if if at any point we can get together, we can rule and make changes, not rule the world, so to speak, but rule some of the l- rules and laws that are hurting vendors. Recently, I spoke with the um, Institute for Justice, and um, they they say that currently... 50 of the largest cities, out of the 50 largest cities in America, 45 have adopted at least one type of significant restriction on street vendors' ability to earn money. They have either adopted a rule that you have to be 300 feet away from another active restaurant. Um, There's a city that has a rule that you have to be a thousand feet away. And if you saw that, if you drew a circle a thousand feet in diameter around a restaurant, and every restaurant in the city, it would mean there would be nowhere for vendors now, what this does is hurt vendors in the long run it's um it's it's divisive and it 's set in place by the people with the money and the clout to get those kinds of rules done. Um, the biggest complaint you will hear is that we have and callers the ones that are holding i 'm going to get to you in two seconds if you 'll just bear with me and um and and just just hang on just a little bit longer. But anyway, they, they create these rules, and their biggest complaint is, well, he can go get a $3,000 hot dog cart and get out here and hurt my business. Well, the crappy part is, is it's like the pot call on the kettle black because anyone can do that, including the restaurant owner. But he's not willing to work in the weather, the cold, battle for licensing and spots and all that. He just wants to complain. Now, I'm not against restaurants. But I I believe that in a free society, we should be able to work and operate. Well, the Institute for Justice, if you haven't been there, and I've got several blog blog articles on LearnHotDogs.com that you can read about it and link to them. They are a non-profit organization. They operate solely on donations from people like you and I. And so if you can afford to send them a dollar even, it will make a difference. They have volunteer attorneys who go in and fight for cities um, that fight against cities that have created rules that are unconstitutional. The beauty is, is they win. And the reason they win is because cities that adopt these rules are breaking the law or they're at least unconstitutional rules. And so they are overturned In every case that I have found online, there's been in Texas, California. In fact, they had so many cases in Florida, they opened a new branch in Florida just to handle the amount of cases. So if you're a vendor currently and already on the road vending, and you have a city that is – Restrictive, it it would be wise for you to check them out. It's IJ, I J um, I like Institute J is in Justice I J dot org, and you can check them out and get a good idea. Um, other news. Some of you have noticed I quit putting a lot of news articles on the blog, and so it reduced the amount of newsletters going out, because the blog, every time I, I write a blog, it sends out a newsletter the next day about the blog. So to stop the deluge of newsletters, I have started putting the news articles that you send me or articles that you send me, I have been posting them on the Ben's Cart's Facebook page, and that seems to be working. People are reading them, and... If you have an article and want to send it to me, or if you just want to cut to the chase and post it on the Facebook page, you're welcome to it. The I'd love it either way, and I'm thankful to those of you who do it. I um already told you Rob's going to be on tonight, and um, I think that's it for right now. I'm going to go ahead and take this call if you'll hang on just a second. Caller, I've pulled up um, last 49060. Zero, zero. You're live on the air. Um do you have a question for me? Hello caller. Either something's not working or um or he is not online. If um if you're called in and your last four is 9060 on your um phone number um I tried to unmute you so that I could get you on the line with me um, so that we could um, answer any questions. If you are on the – I see we have um, quite a few people on the chat. If you're on the chat, um, please um, feel free to ask questions there, and I'll try to get to them tonight. Um, we can touch on the licensing. Um, somebody asked a question if we could touch on licensing. I think we can. I'm going to go ahead and try to take another call Um before we get Rob live. Caller 4007, you're online. Can you hear me? Hello, caller? Can you hear me? We may be having issues with the call-ins. Bear with me, and I'll see if I can't fix something. Hello, caller, can you hear me? Hello, hello? On the um, chat line, if one of y'all would let me know, y'all have already told me you can hear me. Can you hear the caller and I'm just missing it or are you just getting dead air like I am? Hello, caller, not to put you on the spot. If um, if you have a question um, for me, if you can hear me, let me know. If not, um, if you want to, in the next just few minutes, if you want to call my regular number, I can try to um, find out what's going on if there is a problem. You can dial um, 865-446-0660, and I will be um, happy to help you. Thanks for letting me know about the dead air. Um, some Just to, so I can let you know, because there's two options when you call in to the, the guest call-in, and it gives you an option if you want to just listen to the show or if you have questions. And if you choose the one where you just want to listen to the show, um, I won't even see you on here on the switchboard. If you call in to the number and choose the other option that you have a question, it's going to put you into my switchboard, and I'm going to assume you have a question. Um, and and that's that may have been what's happened here. That may have been why we had the dead air. Um, I'm thankful for the people on the um, chat room for answering me. Now, let me tell you, um, just so you know that um, we're still alive and breathing we're going to um somebody had a question about LLCs and corporations and and that's a pretty it's a touchy subject when you're um when you're a lay person like myself you know we're not allowed or no lay is allowed to give you advice um on on how to form a business but i can tell you that um up front that I am not a professional, that I don't have any accounting or legal skills or training in answering this, but then I can tell you what I would do and what I've done. Um, now, different states have some different rules and it depends on your tax codes and your rules, but generally this information would help you. So, If you're just getting started, it is always cheaper to just become a sole proprietor. That means you don't file anything with the state, so to speak, As far as licensing, you will have to get a sales tax license if your state charges sales tax on foods, prepared foods. Some states do, some don't. So if you provide um, prepared foods, which you would be on a cart, and your state requires it, you'll have to get a sales tax ID, not a federal ID. There's two different things. A sales tax ID is simple. Um, you just call your state. Most of the states have it online where you can apply online, and it gives it to you right then and there. So there's no cost for that that I know of in any state. Um, the next thing, um, yeah, I'm, I'm reading somebody's um, post on the chat. The It says to press 1 if you have a question. Um, if you... If you're on the chat and your number ends with a 9D60, it says you're still on, and I can try to patch you back through, or a 4007, the last four of your phone, and I'll patch you through if you're on and want to, want to talk. Um, I just didn't want you to think I was putting you on the spot and you had just called in to listen. Now, the other thing is when you go to get a license if you if you if you do your business as a sole proprietorship, it's cheaper up front. You just go to your county or city um business license and you'd say, I'm um, Ben and I want a license and I'm gonna do business as Hot Diggity Dogs. And they have you down as hot diggity dogs and then your home address or a business address even or a PO box. And that is your business. The benefits to being incorporated later Once you get up and running, you can always switch mid-year, half-year. It doesn't matter when you switch. You can always switch to an LLC or a corporation or anything. Um, You can switch to one of those, and there's tax benefits. You can claim more. A sole proprietor can... um, they assume is working from his home and doesn't have the business expenses like multiple employees and stuff like that, payroll taxes. So you're just a sole proprietor. That's how I started. It is a simple way to get started with the least amount of money. Now, as you get bigger and you start renting carts or you're hiring employees, you'll want to get incorporated. The incorporation protects you several ways um, from civil um, suits. Let's say somebody burns their tongue on your hot mustard or... They come up and um, to your cart and lay their hand on your grill. Those types of things um, it helps to be incorporated. But the best way to do that, typically for liability, is an LLC. It's a limited liability corporation, which means it limits your liability. But your best bet once you go from a sole proprietor to a corporation is to always, always, always talk to um, talk to an accountant or a bookkeeper or someone who is more knowledgeable about your particular state rules so that you'll know which way to go. LLCs are cool, but like in Tennessee with an LLC, they charge me more annually. So I switched back from an LLC to a regular incorporation because I didn't have all the fees. And so there's several ways you can do that, and I'd want you to get professional help and and not um, some hillbilly that sells hot dogs help. And so that's about as much information as I can give you on that, um, that, that I can sleep well at night knowing that it's accurate. I hope that answered your question there. Um, okay. Um, thanks for letting me know that um, on the chat line about that one number. Um, if any of you want to call in any time, um, you're welcome to call in. We're fixing to go live with um Rob just bear with me just a second need to find a good used hot dog cart or concession trailer the list is growing if you want to list yours it's free check it out at learnhotdogs.com top of the page click on the used carts You can tell I have been playing with my gadgets. Um, I have made commercials. I feel proud of myself. I I got so excited that I I was able to do that because when I um, need to cough, I've been still sick, and so I need to cough for anything, I can cut to a little commercial or something, and um, you won't um, have dead air, hopefully. Now, um, if you have a question... um, I'm gonna go ahead um and tell you if you have a question, you're probably better off waiting until um after the interview, phone interviews, and we will um go we'll I'll take all those questions. Um Let's see here, hang on just a second. Is this Mr. Rob? This is him. All righty, well, welcome back. Um, I got lots of compliments the last time you were on, and um, I say last time right. like I've been doing this ten years. But altogether, total now we have two shows if you add them all up, and um, and and I got a lot of compliments. People told me on Facebook, and that uh, some people um, posted on, um, you know, emailed me and stuff, and and said, "Golly, we enjoyed that. We got to talk to a, a live vendor um, and." and it was kind of neat that you um that you were actually not just a live vendor you were live vending at the time.
2: Right yeah I heard uh, I heard a little small talk on a couple of the blogs and forums people were saying hey that's kind of neat he was actually slinging dogs at the time of the interview <laughs> so uh yeah it was kind of kind of neat like it was due to due to timing with uh your show and me working and so forth but it worked out great so
1: well, I'm glad. We've got um, – I know you wanted to cover some stuff on pricing. We just went over some stuff on um, setting up a corporation and or an LLC or a sole proprietorship. And if you'd like to touch on that first, I'd like to hear what you have to say. You're in North Carolina and a little bit different rules than me. But um, now you coming from a business, and you basically expanded a business um, or right. or opened a whole nother venue. So you're not new to being – self-employed and owning a corporation, what did you do or what did you find was the best? I pushed the fact that if you're just starting out and you don't have employees, the best way is sole proprietor. Um, do yes. you have a different opinion or a um, no, any idea No, that's
2: actually what I was going to recommend. If anybody's just trying to get started, um, you know, sole proprietorship um, with a good insurance policy. Uh, you know, people get into LLCs and stuff like that to kind of limit your exposure when it comes to liabilities and stuff like that. Um, and there's some other, you know, I'm not a tax attorney and, and not a lawyer, but uh, there's quite other reasons people would do incorporated or DBAs or LLCs or whatever. I recommend each state's a little different, and each person's going to have a little different situation. The quickest, easiest way is a sole proprietorship, which is some people refer to as a DBA sometimes. Um, A lot of times you're using your own social security number. Uh, You know, it would be, you know, Robert uh, Thomason, DBA, uh, Cafe Express, Bending, or whatever the case may be. And it's pretty quick and easy to set up and uh, pretty painless. The um, when you get into LLCs and stuff like that, um, usually there's an attorney involved. You can do some. There's some online things you can do too, but uh, I recommend you know attorney when you get into that level of uh, because you don't want to mess up with something simple, you know, and get yourself in trouble. But you know, liability, a good strong liability policy. I currently carry. And a lot of people get this confused when it when they talk about liability when it comes to carts or any type of business that handles food. You have what's called concessionaire's insurance, um, and then you have uh, what's called product liability insurance, and then you have general liability insurance. A lot of people I've heard on these blogs or they ask questions and they all get your general liability policy and that covers it all. Well, it really doesn't. Um, General liability covers some basic things like if somebody would trip and fall into your cart and burn themselves, that would be under general liability. But if you sold a hot dog and somebody got sick or whatever the case may be, then you need to look at product liability. Product liability, uh, some people also call it, I think, finished product, something or another, um, legal jargon. But either way, it's product liability. So if you make something and you sell it, it you're covered. And usually you're talking a million dollars. Um, that's pretty standard in the industry, a million bucks. And, and you know, I think in North Carolina here I pay for uh, all three of those are lumped into one policy for me, um, even um, expanding into my vending company uh, along with this, it was all lumped in together, it's less than $500 a year. It's real cheap.
1: I, so I agree. That would
2: talk on that side.
1: Mine's cheap as well, and mine, they called it – I have State Farm, and they called it an umbrella policy, and, and it's several right. policies in – in one policy as far as it's several policies that make up the plan of coverage like you said it right. covers the product and it covers somebody tripping and it covers if i don't hook up my gas line good and i blow up the walmart store um right. it covers those exactly. things my uh, policy is
2: yeah, the thing is I, I... go ahead yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing that a lot of people, they – I think they can make shortcuts sometimes when they get started. I had a guy the other day I was doing some consulting work for, and he was trying to figure out a way to do some shortcuts. And I said, don't do that. Um, You know, there's ways to do some shortcuts liability and DBAs and stuff like that is not one of them. That's not one of the shortcuts you want to take in this line of work um, because you, you are exposing yourself to personal liability. If somebody would get hurt, you're dealing with food product, and it may be something, uh, you know, botulism is always the big thing with hot dogs. Well, it may have actually happened at the factory. Well, if it come off of your cart, well, they usually sue everybody and figure it out in the end. So, you right, want to protect right. yourself when it comes to any of that type of stuff uh, and it like I said, if you can't afford four hundred dollars um and they 'll usually let you make payments i 'm talking like sixty dollars down, and then they 'll do some monthly payments or quarterly payments or whatever if you can't afford that you don't need to be in business at all <laughs> so well you know especially it's, yeah, it's you know
1: the, even even when money's tight um and and it was when I started um insurance was a priority to me. I I had been sued. I had been in the furniture business, and I had a lady sue me, take me to court, because her mattress caused nausea. And she sued me for that and wanted medical expenses, and her pills reimbursed. Well, had I not had a good policy, then with the policy they bring in their lawyers, and it wasn't just me against her. It was um, my insurance company against her. And Ultimately that worked out real good. So I I do want to emphasize the fact that if you are considering this getting into business and you are and and you don't have the money for insurance, I would wait to start till you have the money for insurance. And get get that done first because it is crucial to keeping you safe. Now, there's not a lot of lawsuits with hot dog carts, as you you can Google those online. But you don't want to be the one. And and so – Rob's, uh, Rob's absolutely correct. Let's, um, let's kick it up a notch and go to pricing. We, um, we were going to cover how do you price and how do you set your prices. I am the cheapskate. When I started my furniture business years and years ago, I said, I'm going to be the cheapest. Well, the problem with that is that as I grew and needed more employees, I didn't have enough profit built in to even hire more employees. And so I worked my butt off for a squeaky little amount of money. So what's your what's your suggestion? What's your what's your advice? Well,
2: to us? I, I, the, the advice I give is I, 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 so I keep in mind uh, folks that are listening. I took a lot of Ben's advice when I got started, so I'm not re, reinventing the wheel here or something new. A lot of this information I took off of what I learned from Ben and his videos that inspired me to even get in this line of work, um, and then kind of tweaked it to what I felt worked for me or maybe my area or something I thought maybe I could do different. Um, but you know, cookies, candy chips, drinks, that's a standard dollar, and I'm talking canned drink, you know, standard one-ounce bag of chips or cookies, uh, everything's a dollar. Um, then my, the hot dogs and sausage dogs or uh, that product, I, I'm like you, Ben, I don't charge for condiments. Some people get into this a la carte thing where, you know, chili dogs one price or whatever. Um, I charge the same price for a hot dog. I don't care what you do with it. Um, a matter of fact, I had a lady said, well, just sell me the weenie. I don't want the bun. And of course, I gave her a discount, but I said it's two fifty or whatever it was. He said two fifty, and I said, you know, either way, it's still the same price. Doesn't really matter. Um, there's ways of kind of tricking people, if you will, into spending more money with you. Um, you know, I feel like it depends on the event too. One thing I want to touch on is, don't sell yourself short of what you can charge for a hot dog. If you are at a flea market. And things are priced fairly cheap, and the the general uh, crowd is looking for bargains. And your competitors are doing two dollar hot dogs. Well, you're probably going to have to do about a two dollar hot dog. But if you're at a, a again a, a ball game, you're the only guy there. Uh, at, at a soccer tournament, uh, you can charge two seventy five, three dollars for the hot dog. I have about four to five different menus that I have laminated that Velcro onto my cart. And it depends on where I'm at, uh, what I'm doing. I can just flip this thing out and stick it on there. Um, and I kind of did that by design because, like, at the bar I work at three nights a week, I sell a hot dog for $3.50. Um, nobody goes to a bar and expect to pay, you know, you can buy a six-pack of Budweiser, Bud Light, or whatever for whatever, $4, long necks. Well, there you're going to pay $3 a piece. So they're used to that type of Pricing, you know, go to a a Yankees game and you're going to play $6 for a hot dog. Well, don't sell yourself short when it comes to your own hot dogs and where you're selling them. Uh, You know, again, if you're at the car show, you're the only guy there and there's 200 vendors, charge $3 for the hot dog. Don't charge $2. But, again, if you're at a smaller location, um, a flea market type setting, competitive. Go ahead and charge that two fifty. I charge about two fifty, two seventy five. Uh, last time I set up at a flea market, I, I charged two seventy five. Um, but what I do is I try pricing the hot dog, chips and a drink. Where then I'll do a combo meal. So if you've got two fifty for a hot dog, they add the um, uh, drink would make it three fifty and four fifty for the chip. So it's four dollars and fifty cent. Well, I do that for four bucks. Um, and usually most people always get the, the meal uh, for $4 instead of buying Because everybody's going to buy the uh, hot dog and they want a drink. They're not going to sit there and eat a hot dog without a drink. So for the little bit of more money, they can just get the combo meal. And I always ask, would you like the combo meal? It's cheaper. That's why they do it at some of the famous chain restaurants. Would you like to combo that or would you like to biggie size it or whatever the case may be? Go ahead and ask for the if they want the combo meal. It's the cheapest deal I got. What you're trying to do is create people to spend – a VIN price, what I call it. Uh, you want each person to spend X amount of dollars. So if it's four dollars, at the end of the day, if I can sell 100 people and knock it to four dollars, I made four hundred dollars in revenue that day. So that's what you're trying to do is prompt people to spend more. Just like when I do two hot dogs, chips, and a drink, it's actually even a little bit cheaper, uh, where they save a dollar instead of fifty cents. So you can say, well, I got two combos: one with two hot dogs and one with one. A lot of times they'll go ahead and buy the two hot dogs. Um, if there's a couple there, sometimes that's a little tricky because you wind up cutting yourself a little short because they'll go ahead and buy the two hot dogs, one chip and one drink for themselves and split it. So you lost a little bit of money there. So you got to be a little care right. that. But either right. way, my, my point is trying to get people to do it um, to spend a little more money. With well, uh, I, I think that's, for the combo. I,
1: I think it's brilliant. You know, I, I teach on my my videos and in my book to always um, price some combos out and to, right. I do a two dog, you know, drink chips for five bucks. It would normally be $6 if it was a la carte. So right. and when we say, if you're not familiar with the words a la carte, all, all that is, is um, I don't know if that's French or what, but it just means per item. Um, so when you see that, a la carte, or hear that a la carte. It just means per item. So each of my dogs are two dollars each. Chips are a dollar. Drinks a dollar. And so that would be six dollars for my combo meal. I give it to them for five, which is two drinks, dog, and a chip. And it's a brilliant move. I like your idea, and I've not heard of it, believe it or not, of doing a four dollar meal um, with one dog. I've always assumed that most people, or in my experience with men, they want um, two dogs. And But I like the way you've done that because I think you've um, you come out ahead doing it that way.
2: Yeah, I, I find that, believe it or not, most people, um, unless it's like a lunch event, if, it, if, it's at, if they're sitting there for lunch but if they're on the go, again, at a flea market-type atmosphere, they usually one hot dog, um, chips, and a drink, and that's what they want, they'll go with it. And I always have some sweet items, like a bag cookie or something. Um, I don't get, again, I told you last show, I don't get too complicated on what I put um, with choices, But I do have at least one or two sweet items um, that gives people an opportunity. Because some people like something to finish up a meal with something sweet. They just like a dessert. Um, And and instead of a a chip, they may want a hot dog, drink, and a bag of cookies. That's fine, too. So, you know, just kind of do that. Um, And that way, again, you're trying to promote people to spend more money. Um, And you can can play with different combos and stuff. And you can also look at add-ons to your cart. I know you talked about this in the video, hot dogs only. Um, and I don't get into you know, fish sticks and all that stuff you talk about. Uh, that's, I, what I'm talking about is something that you can legally put on your cart, because people have to keep in mind, you can't just put anything on a cart and sell it. Again, throwing in uh, vegetable soup or something like that. But there are certain things health departments do allow. Most of the time they allow nachos, and right. a lot of times they will allow pretzels, like the big New York-style pretzels. Um, those can be bought fairly reasonable and most people don't have a perceived value of what they expect to pay for a pretzel. Matter of fact, they probably have less um, expectations of what to pay for pretzel than they do a hot dog because everybody sells a hot dog at a restaurant or whatever and it's you know buck fifty or buck seventy five. So when you start charging two seventy five for a hot dog sometimes they go, Oh, I can buy that for whatever. But a pretzel, they, they're used to festival types. Nachos. Nachos, I'll go ahead and tell you have about Sixty cent in the nachos, the cheese, and I put a lot of cheese. I put about six ounces of cheese on nachos um and that includes like the little red and white check boat that it comes. you can put everything in uh that's about sixty cents seventy cents, something like that, and I sell it for four dollars and I sold that for four dollars at the bar and I also put it out at the flea market for four dollars and sold a ton of orders um, so you know pretzel again, you can buy them those for about forty cent. $253, pretty easy for one of those big old pretzels with, you know, Parmesan cheese or salt and whatever, cinnamon sugar, that kind of thing. It's easy add ons. And, you know, that and my other big thing that I'm going to get into, I hadn't started yet, uh, is lemonade. A huge profit in lemonade. You know, the big uh, uh, festival style lemonades, uh, shake ups, some people call them. We can charge $3 for a lemonade.
1: That's, that's great I, that blows animal. my mind. I, I'm not allowed, at least in in the counties that I'm licensed in, as far as the ones that I'm I'm allowed to go to, and uh, under the health um, inspector that I have currently, I'm not allowed to make any drinks. I can I can't even sure. bring. I can only have prepackaged drinks like Coke, and wow. and I can sell lemonade, but it better be in a bottle that was factory sealed. Um, right. But I I know that there's a I've got a buddy in Chattanooga and. He's set up by the river, and on city property they allow him there, and he's serving lemonade, just like you mm-hmm. just mentioned, and he doesn't have any problems. So it's all about the interpretations of the rules. My inspector just doesn't allow it, so I really right. can't. I can't do anything about it.
2: Well, one thing, and I'll, I'm not changing gears on you, but if, when you mentioned this and in the interpretation of rules and stuff, one of the things that I, I suggest people do, um, and I won't get off on a tangent of this because this could be a whole show in itself. Um, But if you have doubt about your local inspector, whatever they said, always be professional and courteous, not argumentative, but go above their head.
0: Amen. (laughs) Um, Amen.
2: You know, call their – every state usually has a capital that, like my here in North Carolina, is Raleigh. Um, And usually there's somebody in Raleigh that governs what happens across the, the state in each of these counties. Well, again, be very professional, courteous, thank them for doing the job that they do, don't have an attitude with them, but yet go over their head and send an email or talk to somebody. I know you've done this for people too, Ben, and just oh, ask yeah. them. Say, look, I've got a little confusion here. I don't know if I was, and I always tell them I'm not trying to stir the pot. I'm not trying to get anybody upset or whatever, but I've got a little confusion I want to get because I, I, I'm in different counties, and some counties say yes, some, some counties say no. And I know that it's supposed to be standardized. They can't really do that county to county. It's supposed to be standard. Can you tell me what the standard is, please? And here's what I'm trying to do. Serve nachos or put a grill on my card, or whatever it is. And then get an answer from them and then ask them once you do that, and they give you the answer you're wanting to hear. Let's say, yes, you can serve nachos as long as the cheese is whatever. Then you say, well, that's great. Can you tell me how to approach or how to uh, address this with the inspector that didn't? Let them guide you with that inspector maybe they'll give a call maybe you know kind of and again always be very polite but anyway didn't mean to get on that tangent but i thought no it was i'm important i'm to that. i'm
1: absolutely glad you did rob I, I mean that is a an excellent point i've called for customers and i've called for myself um my first inspector ever told me that i could have cheese on my cart but i couldn't have um sauerkraut which is right. exactly opposite of what the rules state in tennessee um right. So when the new inspector came in, the new inspector said, oh, my gosh, you can't have cheese, um, and and you can't have sauerkraut. It meant going over their head in a nice way, a professional way, and calling the right. state and saying, hey, what do I do here? I work four different counties, and I need to know, you know, I've got one county telling me it's okay and one that's telling me it's not. And I played, you know, the dumb, lonely um, hot dog vendor on them, and it worked. Uh, they right. told me, yeah, I could have sauerkraut, and and I said, you know. I basically went to the to the inspector and, and told him, and he said, "Let me check into it for you." He goes, "I may be incorrect." He was very nice about it, and and that's it was solved instantly. But you're all right. right if there's something you want to do, then by all means, um, go. If you're not getting the information that you that you want, at least double check the information. That's that's an yes, excellent so a lot point. Of times,
2: even though the rules say like you're not supposed to, it's supposed to be prepackaged only. Well, that's true. Even that says it in our rules. However, I called the health department. I said, I want to make lemonade. Who who governs that? And they said, well, believe it or not, the Department of Agriculture, and they don't inspect. And we don't don't inspect either. So I said, oh, really? I said, so I can sell lemonade on my hot dog cart. And they said, well, yeah, I guess you can. So, you know, 'cause if if you ask about say I want to add it to my hot dog cart, they may say no because it needs to be according to their rules, it says prepackaged. However, if you read the other rule it says you can start a standalone lemonade stand and nobody governs that. Uh it's like here in North Carolina, nobody governs uh elephant ears or whatever those things are called. Uh hey, hey uh, while we're while we're on okay. that.
1: Tell, you told me about that last, this week, and I'd right. love to share that with some people because there, there may be people in North Carolina that are listening that, or, or in another state where this would work for them where they can't afford to get started in the hot dog business yet. And this may help them get in the door and start making some money very inexpensively as far as what you're talking about funnel cakes would be a cheap job to start.
2: Well, you know, I've looked at some other things, again, add-ons to my cart, Uh, because I'm looking at some things long-term with this whole cart situation, so I'm looking at maybe doing some things uh, still on a cart. I don't want to go to a full-fledged trailer because of the upkeep and the expense of buying them. I want to keep it very simplistic uh, in the design. Um, so I'm looking at being able to add things, again, like the New York-style pretzel or the lemonade or whatever. So I got to talking to my health department. I said, what can what is allowed that, that, that y'all don't inspect or y'all are not involved with? And believe it or not, bakery items, they do not uh, uh, deal with. So if you want to do a pretzel stand, if you want to do a lemonade stand here in North Carolina, that's all fine and well with the health department. They don't inspect. Now, only the requirement they require is that the water comes from an approved source. So I had been told by a gentleman that supplies the concession industry, he was a salesman, that in North Carolina you can pop up a tent if, they're, if you're allowed by code uh, or zoning and start selling funnel cakes and the health department can't do anything about it. And I said, really? So I called the health department and I asked. I said, somebody told me that you can sell funnel cakes in North Carolina and y'all are not involved in that process. And they said, that is correct. And they said, again, that's Department of Agriculture but they don't really inspect. The only time they would ever get involved if there's a complaint. Now, you're supposed to get, I think, a permit through the Department of Agriculture, but they consider that like a bakery item. Um, So my conversation with this gentleman at the um, concession place, he said a bag of mix for um, funnel cakes is like $40. And he said at $4 a piece, and that's the average price that most people charge for a funnel cake, you can sell... Um, and I, there's a, there's got to be a method. There's a formula that he's talking about doing as far as how much mix. But either way, he said forty dollars worth of mix in a bag will net you, uh, or at least gross you eighty dollars in. Re- I mean, eight hundred dollars in revenue in cakes. I mean, I was floored. I said Holy forty dollars, and you can have enough mix to make eight hundred dollars worth at four dollars a piece now keep in mind if you add any sauces to that like a chocolate sauce or a caramel sauce or a strawberry sauce that jumps it up most people charge five dollars for that well you don't have another dollar in a you know, couple swirls of chocolate <laughs> so the profits start getting pretty high uh, again this could be an add-on to a cart um this could be a cheap way a, a guy could literally pop up a tent uh one of those easy ups and start selling lemonade pretzels and funnel cakes and build his business up to then get a cart. Real easy. Um, you know, especially the lemonade and the pretzels because you buy the pretzels, um, already pre made and the lemonade you just make it to order. Um and kinda have an adult uh, lemonade stand like you did when you was a kid. But uh right. you know, some of these guys make pretty good money at these festivals and, and whatever. Everybody likes a glass of lemonade. So again, those are good add ons. I think they are. Um I'm gonna do it for my cart. I don't I don't not gonna do it at the bar obviously, um but as soon as I get all the kinks worked out, I will be adding lemonade uh, and pretzels. Uh, I'm working on a grill situation now. Um, but, uh, you know, going back to the health department a little bit, you remember when I first got in touch with you, Ben, I was buying a sneeze guard. That was a requirement here in right. North Carolina. Right. And uh, one inspector, when well, sent pictures of the sneeze guard, one inspector said yes, one said no, this, that, and the other. Got Raleigh involved. So, again, that does work. But, you know, the. Uh, oh, by the way, I never told you this story, Ben. But one night I was leaving the bar. It was 3 in the morning. I was very tired. Um, I forgot to strap down your sneeze guard. You have to strap <laughs> it down because it slides on and off. It's designed that way uh, so yeah. it can be cleaned easy. You know what I'm talking about. Right, right. Well, I just so happened to look in the rear view mirror, the side mirror, and I seen what looks like somebody threw cigarettes out. And there's like sparks all over the place, and I thought to myself, oh. surely that's not something off my cart. So I immediately pull over. The sneeze guard is gone. I said, Oh, this oh, is not man. good. So I turn around, get back on the interstate, come around. Your your product. I'm giving you a little plug here. I have to. <laughs> uh, your at 70 miles an hour, your sneeze guard came off my cart, hit the interstate, and survived.
1: Holy moly.
2: It was was scratched up a little bit, but none of the hinges broke. You know, it's got two hinges on it, um, the style I bought from you. Um, None of the hinges broke. It did get a little scratched up, but it survived about a 70-mile-per-hour gust of blowing off the back of my uh, cart one night at 3 o'clock in the morning and hitting my asphalt. I'm glad (laughs) nobody was behind you. Again, going back to liability, you know, uh, talking about liability insurance. That was, And I was sitting there thinking, I hope nobody was back there you know um because that you know that's a big hunk of metal that thing weighs what ben 20 oh, pounds?
3: all yeah, stainless at least. steel
2: big yeah, sharp yeah. edges on the you know corners and all <laughs> yeah. that if that yeah. went through somebody's windshield oh man you know or even just, or tore just up their caught car,
1: under their car it yeah, would have been under the
2: car and tore it up
1: yeah i mean that could have so, caused again, the
2: liability. things happen. And so, again, yep. going back to insurance real quick, that, that just classic example. Nothing happened that night, thank goodness. Everybody was safe and sound, and so was your uh, uh, bulletproof. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Steve's guard. laughs>
1: I, I had a customer email me this week, and I posted it on Facebook. Um, they they sent me two different emails, but, but it was kind of neat. They got rear-ended on their way to a job, and it messed up the other person's car, but it didn't hurt their cart other than the taillights. Oh and um, right. he, just, he said it took a lick, and and I I told him I said listen now I said D- don't don't try that again because I've had some customers call me that were rear-ended and you know just right. crushed um, crushed a cart. There was a guy out in Arizona that sent me pictures of his cart, and he got rear-ended by an old pickup truck, and the pickup truck won. And, um, right. I mean, they're stainless steel on a steel frame, but it's still—I mean, it's still an auto accident. You got a three-thousand-pound car hitting it, you know, at thirty miles an hour. It's going to do some damage. But let me—oh uh, yeah real quick, I wanted to. Um, uh, we've got a couple questions on the line, and then we'll get back to it, Rob. But I'd love it if some people may want to ask you a question or get your opinion on it while they're here. But we've got some yeah. questions, and, and I'm gonna cover that. I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll stick After around. After the show, head on over
3: to benzcards.com forward slash book. Ben has written what is called the most comprehensive course on the market. Check it out at Ben'sCarts.com forward slash book. See real testimonials at Ben's Carts Facebook page.
1: Hey folks, hope you're enjoying tonight's live podcast. Remember, not only can you get the biggest bang for your buck over at Ben'scarts.com with carts starting at only
2: $18.99,
1: you can also get the free training and watch free training videos. Come on over after the show. We now return you live to the Business Cards Radio Show. Thanks for holding, folks. I've got a couple questions we're going to um, get um, answered for you real quick. One is, um, Rob, that somebody typed in a question about doing a... An event, like a small event, where you're contracted to come in, similar to a car lot. If you were told to come to a car lot, do you have a way of pricing? And once you share yours, I'll tell you what I do. And, um, and and you know, they can take the information and, and create their own plan or copy one of ours. It doesn't matter to me. Um, but right. do you mind sharing with, with the listeners what what you do if you were called to come do a birthday party or a car lot or a grand opening at a, you know, a furniture store.
2: Sure. There's two different ways to approach catering, I call it. Um, and one of the companies I used to work for, we did catering, um, so I'm real familiar with how this works. But with a hot dog cart, it's a little different. Um yeah you know, there's two different types of catering. There's a the birthday party or there's, you know, graduation parties where people know there's a certain amount of people that's coming. They can give you a number. I'm having 80 guests or I'm having 30 guests or whatever the case may be. Then you price it per meal, whatever that price is. You know, it's and it may be just hot dogs. Let's say the only thing we want you to do is hot dogs. We're going to do potato salad and all that. And then you'll say, all right, I'll do it for, you know, $4 a hot dog, $3 a hot dog, whatever it is. You always have, usually I try having a minimum price that you're going to, because you don't want to waste time sitting here at you know, Aunt Annie's birthday party uh, for three hours or whatever it is, and you could have made more money if you went and set up on the street corner somewhere. Or you don't want to definitely, and one thing I will touch base on doing an event, don't ever sacrifice your main location for an event unless it's a big event. Because sometimes at these uh, locations you have, they kind of depend on you, whether it be A for lunch or B, the like the bar situation, they depend on me to be there to kind of be part of their um that whole image or whatever uh, when it comes to having a a food vendor there.
0: Right. So don't
2: sacrifice that. Um, The other thing is when you're doing promotionals, another type of catering, most people don't have a clue how many people are going to be at a promotional um, type of event, like at a car dealership or an open house or something like that. So here's what I do. I charge a flat fee for four hours. You know, you can do it three hours, five hours. I don't really care. That's up to you to figure that out. Um, I charge $200 for four hours. That includes nothing. That includes me coming and setting up my cart. Then what I do is, because most caterers charge, if you call a catering company today, and I suggest you do that. So, hey, we're thinking about having a something, um, and we're wanting hot dogs and basic hot dog chips and a drink-type meal. What would you charge? I promise you most catering companies are going to charge 6 to $8 a meal. That's just because they're not going to spend all that time going out and doing it and not make money. That's what we're here to do is make money. So when I try doing because most people can't commit to a certain amount of meals, and sometimes they will. They say, "Look, we want to give away hundred meals. If you run out of food, pack it up and leave." Well, great. Then I'll charge this. But if they have, they say, "I have no clue how many people are going to be here, but we don't want to run out of food." Then I say, "Great. I'll charge you two hundred dollars, and then I'm only going to charge you two dollars a hot dog, or I'm going to charge you three fifty for an entire meal, drinks. I mean, uh, hot dog, chips, and a drink for three dollars, or three fifty, or whatever the case may be." And say normally I charge five dollars for that. Well, you're discounting counting, right. but you're getting your labor up front, which is the two hundred dollars to be there for four hours. Right. That's the simplest solution I found. That most car dealerships. Sometimes you have to explain it to them a little bit because they say if not, you're going to, have to commit to me to a certain amount of meals. Because I can't come out here and not be committed because uh, I have to buy supplies. So that's what traditional catering. You have to explain them. Traditional catering is you tell me how many meals you want, I give you a price. However, I've got another alternative that works well for these promotionals because you don't have any idea. You know, I'll prepare. I'll bring enough hot dogs to feed 500 people, which normally you probably won't have, but up 200. But I'm going to be right. prepared just in case. Right. But if you do that, be sure make you bring enough product not to run out.
1: Now let so, me uh, let me and, let me butt in here just for a second, Rob, and and touch on a couple things that that you brought up. Good points about the when you do these private gigs, that falls under a whole different set of rules. Um, as far as types of food you can bring um, because you're um, I don't know if you've ever used a caterer I've used one when I had the furniture store when we'd have a huge company picnic or something We'd, you know call a, a restaurant and say you know we want this many meals well they're allowed to bring a ton of different meals and they use those little ferno heaters you know um, those little candle heaters and and they would do that well on on an event, and I'm going to touch on something else real quick here. When you're doing these private little locations, I bring different stuff. I bring extra stuff, stuff that I normally wouldn't have on a cart on the street because it's a private event. So I've brought cheesecake slices before, just from my local grocery store where they you know they make these multi um, multi sliced different flavored cheesecakes, and I've brought those and sold them. I've brought um, all kinds of different little little things to do I've done brownies I've done cookies um, anything you can bring that's extra um, is going to one leave a good impression in their mind and you're going to get other calls for doing parties or other businesses we did a, a catering deal for the Chamber of Commerce, and that turned into a huge deal because now I get calls from people that were there eating businesses that are going to open a new location, or they're going to have a huge sale or a clearance, and they want us to come and cater it. Um, It's a brilliant way to go. The other thing I wanted to touch on is auctions. Rob, when you, um, I don't know if you've done any auctions, but in Tennessee, property is sold a lot through auction companies where they'll advertise it for two months and they'll have an open house and you come out and auction. Well when you contact, if you contact those auction companies you can make huge money because one, they don't know how many people are coming. So Rob's method would work best: charge them two hundred dollars up front, and then you bring enough food for the four or five hundred people, and then you charge per meal, and you base that on your cost and what you're serving. Because we all serve different products as far as different types of hot dogs, and I've got a buddy that's serving Boar's Head, you know, that cost him a dollar and a quarter per dog in cost. And so you, there's things that you. You'll have to change to make this all work, but that is an excellent place to go and find work. Something else that Rob brought up was the fact that he said call some caterers and see what they charge. Well, what you will find is a lot of caterers don't do hot dogs, and if you will call some of them, yeah, they don't. If you will call them though and say, would you like to add us to your to your benefits? The fact that you can offer hot dogs through your catering company will show up. Here's my fee, and then they get anything above that. You may have to give them a better price on the meals, and you may charge them $300 to show up instead of two. But that they can create extra work, and if, if that fails, they may say, hey, listen, we do get some calls like that. We don't really want to get involved with it, but we'll send them your way. And you could create extra work for yourself by doing that. I'm sorry to cut you off there, Rob. I just no, wanted to no, cover no, those that's things. Fine.
2: No, I, no, that's fine. It's funny, it's funny you mentioned the auction. Um a friend of mine owns the auction company, and I got a call from him last week uh, about working an auction uh, this past weekend on Saturday. It was our local school district here, our local school system, auctions off t- well, They usually do it once a year in May. But because we had a, a, a school fire um, at one of our schools here, and they had a lot of surplus stuff because of that fire. A lot of it had smug damage, whatever. So they um, – had to destroy the school and start over and rebuild it, so they had all this surplus stuff, and um, he asked me to work it. He actually had a hot dog cart guy, and I think that guy sold his cart or retired or whatever. But he called me and said, hey, will you work it? And I said, sure, I'll be glad to. Um, and it was from, it was in the morning. It started at nine o'clock, and and they finished up about one thirty. So I was actually selling from nine thirty to one thirty, give or take uh, you oh, know, yeah. thirty minutes or so, in about four hours. And and um, you know, I'll go ahead and splash some numbers around, um, just so people kind of get a. Because some people think, well, what kind of numbers am I making? Especially if people are not uh, in the hot dog business yet. Um, for those uh, three and a half four hours I sold, uh, you're basically looking at uh, I made two hundred fifty dollars in revenue
1: man see that's that's so. extra stuff that you wouldn't have had and and that's what t- separates you know unless you're lucky and you find right out of the gate the perfect location and it is making kick butt money these extra little jobs they turn into I mean, they're just brilliant ways to make extra money, an extra car payment or an extra um, house payment. Or maybe you want to hire somebody else on a cart and you want to get a second cart running. Now you've got some gigs that those people can do when they're not running a cart at a certain location. And so this can grow really as big as you want just by putting out a little bit of information or feelers out there, as I call them.
2: Yeah, matter of fact, one of the things that uh, you talk about in your videos, you know, if you're not dedicated to working for a living, don't get into this line of work because it is work. Um, it's fun work. <laughs> it's uh, it's not backbreaking work, but it's not, you know, sitting on your computer chatting on the internet and getting paid for it type work, you know, uh, or sitting at a desk. It is work. Uh, but you know, talking about that day, I worked at the auction that morning. I came uh, home, uh, went to my commissary, got everything cleaned up, repacked, came home, took an, a nap for two hours, got back in the car, got the cart loaded up again, and went back to the bar that night and worked till 3 in the morning. That was my day Saturday. So it started at about 7 o'clock when I got up, went to the commissary, got my, all my stuff together, loaded the cart, drove over there, did the auction. Again, went back to the commissary, unpacked everything, <laughs> loaded up, the, you know, cleaned everything, got it ready, uh, went home, and, and that was my day. But you know, again, uh, and, and instead of a typical four hundred dollar day, I turned it into a seven fifty day. Type, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's just what you're mad, love what it. you're willing to do. Um, I you're love you're it. To work, there's a, there's money to be made, and you know, again, taking these little small gigs, an extra two hundred fifty dollars in one day.
1: That see that makes all the difference. There's people out there working. I, I I've got family, um, grown brothers and sisters that are working and making two fifty a week. You know, working right. on minimum wage, and not that that's bad or. But you know, I I've tried some of them to talk them into doing it. I've got a sister now that's operating a car, and, and so. She's out of that nine to five mentality now and is making a good living. But I had a guy wow. call me recently from Florida, and he's in a, a just a nowhereville. There's really not a lot around him in three counties. There he's had trouble finding locations. Well, he has called me multiple times and emailed me and and trying to figure out best places to set up. And he's really had a, a challenging time. Well. He called me recently, and he went to an auction house that's not a land auction. this is like a it's like a flea market auction house where uh-huh. once a week they get together and it's free to go in and you get a bidder's number, and everything goes that's there that night they're not allowed to uh-huh. uh they call them absolute auctions where they
2: yeah, nothing yeah.
1: nothing doesn't get sold, and so right. everything gets sold. Well, if you have a smaller crowd, people get super cream and good deals. Well, this place had a a little tiny kitchen there, and they would serve scooped ice cream and cold drinks and um, bags of chips, but nothing really to eat other than these microwavable party pizzas. And mm-hmm. he went and approached them and. When he did, they said, oh, my gosh, we're sick of doing our little thing. We'd love to have you here. He is working that little shop now, and I don't have his exact numbers, but he's called me twice. The first call he called me, he was crying, and he said, Ben, I can't tell you. I just made more last night than I have in three weeks working these little jobs here and there. And right. he, it, changed, it changed his life just by going up and asking they already were serving food, but apparently they were tired of it, and they weren't really making Bye. any money. And he said they took him in, and they he set up right at the door. And it's where he told me there's a loading bay where they – once once the auction is – on that item is over, they walk out these double doors and they stack it on this loading bay, and then you pull around after the auction and get your stuff. Well, he's right. right outside that door. So during the auction, people can see him and smell his cart and walk out the doors and get it. So if you're in an area like that and struggling, there's always an answer, always. Not maybe. Don't give up. I understand times are tough, and and I know what it's like to, to borrow money from a mother-in-law so we can feed the kids. You can right. make this work. It just takes – it's going to take some effort.
2: Well, you know, one thing that um, – my background in, from the vending side is sales and marketing. I've been, I've been in sales uh, – I've been in a lot of different things in my time, but uh, sales and marketing is kind of my, I guess, expertise area. And one of the things is going and getting locations. Uh, a couple things – you know, we talked uh, last show about uh, being clean and presentable while you're on the cart. Well, when you're out soliciting for locations, I suggest you even step it up a notch. maybe put on a pair of khakis or a pair of dress pants. You can still wear a short sleeve golf shirt or just a long sleeve shirt, no tie or nothing, but you know nice pair of dress shoes and, and a pair of khakis or whatever, and go out with a nice piece of literature. I actually had what's called a rat card. it's the size of a trifold brochure, but it's only two sided. Uh, It's glossy, uh, very professional, you know, the type you see that advertise for Tweetsie or Myrtle Beach or a a golf course or whatever, and mine looks like that. It was professionally done by a local printing company here. Um, Let me tell you, let me tell
1: them, Rob. Let me tell them real quick because a lot of people aren't in areas where they would see rack cards. If you've ever been in a hotel, though, in any city where there's tourism, in the hotel lobby, in in the Jiffy stores or the convenience stores, there's always these little racks with brochures or cards in them, little laminated colored cards with discounts or $0.20 off of an ice cream cone at this Dairy Queen or whatever. And that's what Rob's talking about here, rack cards.
2: Yeah, ahead, and that's Ron. what I had made up. Uh, they're, they're a little bigger. They're obviously bigger than the business card uh, because I couldn't get so much money on a business card. Um, and I didn't want something that looked like I printed it off on my computer. I wanted to look at, again, step it up a notch where it looks very professional. So I had these made up, and um, I would go out and, and knock on doors, whether it be the auction house or an auction company or a car dealership. Like one day, all, I hit all car dealerships in a certain town. Um, I got really good responses. Hey, that's great. We've been looking for something like this um uh, You know, what time do you think the best time to do it? And, and you know, we normally have our uh, stuff in the spring. Uh, you know, something like this. I could tell you any time you want to do it because uh, I've got a real nice picture of my cart. Um, on it, so I said, yeah, they said, is this your cart? And I said, oh, yeah, that's my cart. Um, And I tell them, you know, we talk about cleanliness a little bit, and we we mention that, because a lot of times, you know, sometimes um, hot dog cart people get a little bad rap, I think, uh, occasionally, uh, because there are some people that don't keep their stuff real clean. And I tell them, hey, my cart's clean enough you can eat off the tires. Uh, I use that terminology a lot, just kind of (laughs) lighthearted, and they get a little laugh out of it. Uh, I said, you know, we're very clean. So, um, again, a nice picture of your cart. But, uh, you know, step it up a notch to where you look very professional, and you, you might be surprised. Um, normally when you're selling, you're selling to a business person, somebody that's already in business, somebody that owns an auction company, the general manager of a big, huge uh, car dealership or, you know, a local retail chain. I'm working on a deal now. I mean, you know, I'm not going to talk about it tonight, but I mean, you know what I'm working on yep, behind yep. the scenes. A- and I went over there, um, you know, with a nice pair of dress pants and a coat uh, and a tie. Uh, but I'm going a little larger scale than just setting up out in front of their shop there. But, uh, again, you step it up a notch because first impressions, as they say, you can't uh, take away a first impression, good or bad. So if they see you very professional, uh, even maybe have a company logoed shirt done, that's always a nice little touch. Uh, Again, it can be a little casual, but yet very professional. Uh, Clean shaven, nice haircut, go knock on doors. Um, and then people, when they see you, you're representing your company. Again, you're dealing with business people, so they want to deal with more business people. They don't want to be, deal with somebody that looks like they just lost their job. <laughs> you know, They don't want to deal with right. somebody that looks like they just are on their, down on their luck and they're just out here peddling hot dogs. They don't want to look like somebody that's got their act together because you're going to represent their company. If you're doing like some of these car dealerships, they're huge, and we're talking they're representing major brands, um, whether it be Honda, Lexus, Toyota, any of those in, uh, involved, they want to make sure that you're a good impression to their customers because you're going to represent their company for that short period of time. Whether it be three or four hours that you're there, but you're going to be representing their company, and they want to make sure it's represented well. So again, with I the extra effort to make it look
1: right. right. I, well, that's, I how, think you, that's how you're going to be successful
2: getting locations. Um, stay persistent. Uh, the other thing as far as even getting the chance to set up, uh, once you set up, um, give it a shot for a little while. If it don't work, pack your stuff up because that's a good thing to buy. We can pack up every night and start over again in the morning uh, and find another location until you get where you're comfortable with the amount of revenue you're making. Um, we're on a cart, so there's only so much revenue you can make in a day, because this is not a situation where you're going to make $1,500 a day. It's unrealistic numbers. But could you make a solid three to $500 or at least 250 to $500 a day um, cash money? Yes. That's very people in this line of work. Um, Absolutely. I've, you know, now, I've
1: got... You know, I've got a video of a guy that does the, the big, big numbers, um, but it right. requires being at the right spots. And, and I know some others out west that are making some big numbers. There's a lady, well, it was two ladies in Florida that have two carts, and they have a cart from me and a cart from another company, and they they kill when they go out. Um, oh, now, sure. they're, wearing, they're wearing bathing suits, and they make uh, over 1500 a day per cart. Now, they don't go right. every day. Um obviously, because they don't need to. But um, I've, I've got some other questions that people have asked, and I want to um, cut to a break real quick. Grab a drink if you want, Rob, and um, soothe the throat. I'm going to do the same, and we'll be right back.
3: Hot dogs, once again, dominated fans' favorite stadium fair. 63 percent of fans listed hot dogs as the one ballpark food they could not live without. Peanuts ranked second with 18%, followed by pizza, cotton candy, and finally Cracker Jacks. Americans eat 7 billion hot dogs during peak season, from Memorial Day to Labor Day. That's 818 hot dogs per second. Nearly 6,000 were consumed in the time I have told you this. 88% of those polled said they have eaten a hot dog at a sporting event in the past year or will eat one at a sporting event this year. In Chicago, more than 80% of hot dog vendors proudly feature Vienna beef products. Vienna is often considered the Roll Royce of hot dogs.
1: We're back, and I thank you for giving us a little break there. My throat was getting dry, and I needed some Diet Pepsi. I am sure um, Rob felt the same way, but I wanted to answer a couple questions for y'all, and that uh, that I've seen come across the thing here. Now, something I would love if some of y'all would, if you have a question, feel free to call in, so we can talk to you live. Um, we won't use your name. Um, I'll only use the last four of your phone number, and if um and and don't be shy i got a, i got a couple emails last week when we did this that they wanted to call in but you know we're kind of embarrassed to call in um i promise you there's no no one more nervous than i am when i when i start these and once i get going or get you know like in these cases both times i've gotten rob on the line and it kind of soothes me you know it makes it it makes it easier and you can kind of tell um when i ramble on and i i do a lot of ums you can tell that i i I am a little nervous, so it's 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 weird being live online, especially on the internet. You want everything to work, and you want to help people, and you want to say the right things and not steer them wrong. But one of the questions we got, and um, Rob's live with us on here too, and he's welcome to answer any questions. And and you know, we, I guess we all owe thanks to Rob. You know, he, he's got a busy life and, and a couple businesses, and he's constantly creating some cool ideas. He's been a success in the business, and I really appreciate him taking time out. He's got a family and, you know, wife and children, and he takes his time out to meet with us on here. I do have some upcoming, really um, neat stuff coming along the pathway including some uh, we're trying to work up a time to do a live broadcast and th- the problem is we do these in the evening and I hope this time eight, starting at eight thirty or 9 works better for everybody but the Institute for Justice I want um, to interview and talk to them and let them share a little about what they're doing and helping us and our rights to earn an honest living and so Um, eventually we'll have them on. We've got some other guests scheduled to come on that are successful vendors, and some are new, some have been vending for longer than me. So there's some stuff scheduled, and so I'm glad you're sticking with us, and I hope this is helping you. If you have any ideas for the show, um, even if you want to call me and say, Ben, you need to do this, you need to make it shorter or longer, or more of them, or whatever your suggestion is, I'm taking those to heart, and I'm trying to create the best way to do this for everyone. Now... One of the questions I got, Rob, and this pertains to me specifically, is, is um, someone asked about our area, area, you know, in, and, in, and, in the out Mountains. We've, we've got wooden forest which is you know, you know, know Dolly Park, Dolly, Dolly Wood, and
2: and we get we get over, over twelve million visitors a year. A year I, I think our last since census was four million visitors a year. When I first, I first started I I this, I don't mean to cut you off real quick, but we have a real bad connection. I don't know if that's on my end or your end. It was real bad. I, was, uh, uh, I just got – somebody just somebody messaged me, to me through me the board and said board that it's a bad connection, bad connection, too. too. I was um, wondering about
0: um,
1: that, yeah.
0: Um, um,
2: it says – I don't know how you
1: handle it. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know either. Hold on just a second. And, okay. uh, in fact, if, I'm going to mute myself to try to clear this up and leave you on. If you, if okay. you want to try to um, – Go ahead and talk, and then I may interrupt you when you take a breath, and we'll I'll answer these questions and um, allow you to answer some of them. You're too. starting to
2: clear up now, so try. Let's go ahead and try getting the the question that the person had about the area and that sort of thing.
1: Okay. You're pretty well, clear is, now. I don't this this know. This is the joys of using internet, and you know Tennessee, we're still pulling strings and cans, and so I'm not 100 percent positive that my I didn't pull the string too tight and popped it or something. The um, one of the one of the questions was though, in my area um being the fourteen million visitors a year, you know, why am I not around that area working? Well, the biggest reason is is because, like those um forty five other cities that are popular destinations and biggest cities in America have restrictions against vendors. Mine have the same communist restrictions against business as well. And I'm not allowed in my city limits. Do I go into the city limits sometimes after hours? Absolutely. Um, But we have a huge code enforcement Group here, and even if the health inspector is not working, the code enforcement people are, and they drive around in these little police cars, and they make sure that everybody that's working the strip and around the all the tourists have license, and I'm not, you can't get a vending license for um, street vending food products in Sevierville or Sevier County, so which encompasses three cities, so it kind of makes it difficult. I have um, sent in my forms or you know, signed my complaint over to the Institute for Justice, so has some other vendors in my area, and so eventually that will happen. And that's why I wanted to emphasize, if you have a dollar or five dollars or anything, and even if it's two months from now, send them a dollar. Um, because anything you send them is going to help us, and i think um I think we all could could use it even if you 're not facing a challenge there 's been some um if y 'all follow my facebook and stuff you 've seen some of the challenges people are facing in the um United States where their cities have restricted um street vending, specifically hot dogs so right that 's that 's what that 's going on with that um One of the other things is that I wanted to touch on. <laughs> I like one of the comments was using midgets and um, bikinis. Um, the let's see here, you have to bear with me because I don't. Um, somebody asked about Lowe's and Home Depot. I, I tried to answer that on the the chat line. There's a company called Streets .dot net. I think it's S T R E A T S. I spelled it wrong on the um, chat line, y'all. So it's S T R E A T S .dot net. It's like Street Eats, and that's their real name. And um, Rob knows about them and, and even their parent companies and how all that works. But the bottom line is, is you more than likely will have to go through that company to, in order to get your approval to work at Lowe's or Home Depot. That was the question. I hope that answers it. Um, it is it, worth it if you get the right Lowe's and Home Depot location, um, but it just depends on where um, where you live. I don't. I don't care also, for the company.
2: Also, Ben, that is a little bit regional in the fact that some. Um, district and regional managers of Lowe's do not allow the region. Even though Street Eats owns the contract, um, to have the rights to have them there, you ultimately have to have approval from the store you're wanting to set up at, um, the manager as well as the district manager in that area. They have to say yes, and then you are approved through Street Eats. So just because you find one and you go through the Street Eats process, you still need to check with your local Lowe's and Home Depot to see if they're interested in having a hot dog cart. Because um, here locally, the old district manager said no hot dog carts. The new district manager, I think they're pondering it, that they're possibly going to allow them back. So just to let well, you know a little bit about that, it ain't as easy as just going to Street Eats. You still also have to get approval from belows.
1: Right, right. And I, I should have covered that. I, I do in my book, um, and I, I do on my um on the blog and stuff, but yeah, there is another company, too, that's over out west and and midwest states, Mm -hmm. you will find there's another company, not called Street Eats, that does the, controls the local foods through Lowe's and Home Depot as well, so I think they've double contracted or or there's um, something going on there. We've got a Rob, if you've got just a second, I've got a mm-hmm. um, someone that's got a question online. If you can go ahead and start um, or continue on with, um, I don't know where we were now. That commercial threw me for a loop,
2: and um, I don't actually, know I a, the can getting caught up in your string. Uh, getting caught <laughs> up in your can caught you off guard. But, yeah, I think uh, one of my goats
1: tripped on it or something and broke it.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, let me. Um, let me do this real quick. I'm going to, you want to take the other
2: call? I mean the other question?
1: Well I'm gonna take the other question. I'm gonna ask um let's see here. Bear with me just a second.
2: We were finishing up that last little segment about locations and, you know, doing right. a checkup from the neck up and making sure you look good and stepping it up a notch even when you're going knocking on doors and and, again, also being able to uh, uh, try a location for a decent amount of time. You know, you ain't got to be there for six months, but, you know, give it a go, as they say, and, and, and make sure, um, you know, if it's a dead location, it's a dead location, you move on to the next one. So right, that's
1: what right.
2: kind we were finishing up with that segment. before. Caller
1: call with 4636, do um, you have a question for us? I hate putting you on the spot, but I'm glad you called in.
0: Well, I just think that it's egregious how uh, the government tries to lock down private enterprise.
1: Well, you know, talking- what, it believe it or not, it's it's not even really your your, you know, your federal government has laws, the constitutional laws, your bill of rights that allow you the right to free enterprise. And it's covered... Theoretically. In, and you, right, exactly. It is theoretical. And what you end up with is people that aren't aware of these rules and aren't aware there's somebody that can do something about it, and so we fight these. I've talked about them for three years now on my blog and on my um, website. There's a guy in North Carolina that faced a huge amount of effort. Just to, he's in, I'm sorry, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And he really, really took him months to get threatened a lawsuit and it was going to go to court before they finally said, "Oh yeah, we yeah, we're wrong, we can't um restrict you." And so he got he was allowed in and he's doing real well. Um I think his name's is Tubbs Dogs if you want to search it on my blog. Um but you're exactly right. Go ahead. I, I didn't mean to interrupt Jenna uh, and you go ahead with your your well, statement.
0: I mean, it's not even like you guys are making uh, you know, you're not even making anything. You're not making firing pins for weapons or Eddie, you're making hot dogs. Uh
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: So I'm a a firm believer of IJ, and I just had to call in and tell everybody that's a good cause to donate, and they cover more than just this type of stuff. They're down there uh, defending our freedoms every day.
1: Well, you're exactly right, and I didn't touch on that. But you know, there, there's flower vendors, and they even cover more. If you go to their website, ij.org, you can look at their on the left hand side. You can click on cases and look at the current stuff they're fighting for. Because it's not just for vendors, obviously. For our our purposes, that's what I want to focus on. And right, right. But um, you're exactly right. I'm glad you you brought that up. And Did you
0: have uh, I just else I'm gonna join the cell tonight and uh, just keep it up, guys.
1: Hey, well, thank you. I appreciate you um, calling in, and um, feel free to just hang on and listen, and if you have any more questions, let me know.
0: All right. Thank you, sir.
1: Thank you. Rob, you still with us? Yes, sir. All righty. I I love IJ. I'm going to promote the crap out of it just because what a great bunch of people to go out and fight for our rights without being paid. Um, you know, lawyers can go out and chase ambulances and make a lot more money and the fact that some of these, for the love of humanity, go out and fight for our rights for a penance, actually. Yeah, you know. Um so let's move on. Let's move on. Um but I'm I'm thankful for that caller calling in. That's our um first caller that I've actually connected with. Um so I'm pretty excited. What you got, um Rob, where were we gonna hang from here? Where what do you wanna cover or um where were we um last in this? I'm gonna have to start writing show notes.
2: Yeah, I started I wasn't writing notes, so uh I'm sure we've talked about uh, uh some other things that we needed to cover or whatever. I'm just sitting here. I should have scratched them off as we were talking, but I didn't. Uh, well
1: you're fine. You know um I want to touch on I want to touch on and get your thoughts on now I couldn't do this my wife would you know hang me but you know we say that as a joke and those two ladies in in Florida that you know do the bikini hot dog vending if you have the mm-hmm. ability and I know I've got vendors that are female out there if you have the ability not maybe a bikini maybe you're not comfortable doing that but even just a woman on a cart the cart does better when I put my daughter at the flea market I put my daughters Rob at the flea market. And fourteen hundred and seven dollars. They kicked my butt um, just because they were girls. They weren't in bathing suits. They weren't trying to. I mean, at the time they were fifteen, yeah, fifteen, sixteen. And now they're grown. And you know, one just came back from Afghanistan for a year. So I am. Um, I wasn't you know putting them out there to sell them that way. They were trying to earn money, and they earned more money than me. Um, what did you? What well, do you think about that? Females operating carts.
2: I've only used females on my cart once, um, and it was a situation where I had a large concert. I, I, had, I was just getting started in the hot dog business. You know my story. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really know a lot about what to expect, so I was like, a big concert, man. I don't want to be unprepared. Again, first impressions. This was the first time they allowed me to set up. Um, I know one thing I want to touch on, Ben. Uh, when we talk about locations, when we finish up this little segment we're talking about now. Yeah. It's how much to pay for a location. Uh, remind me to kind of okay. jump into that here towards the end. But anyway, um, I, I, had, I hired two ladies. Um, they, again, no bikinis. They were just in standard jeans and, you know, very neat dressed and so forth. But that's the they. I've done more. In, I did more in tips that night with them, with them two, than I've ever done since I've been doing it. And I hadn't been able to duplicate it since. And I can only attribute it to the two ladies. <laughs> and uh, you know we did pretty good in sales uh, it was one of my better nights in sales too but also the tips were just crazy and matter of fact it was funny they, the guys would give a tip and they would say you don't split it with the hot dog man do you and you know of course they'd say oh no we get all the tips and and you know but the tips were just astronomical I forget how much it was quite a bit uh, but it's funny you mentioned that, that ladies do well on a car um, and I think that's um, uh, you know if you, even if it's bringing your wife or whatever I think Um, You know your daughter, or hiring people to kind of work with you, if you can afford to hire people. Um, You know the thing about it was, once I hired the two ladies for that night, I realized in the end, I really didn't need nobody that night. I could have done it myself. It was my first night really in a larger crowd, but in the grand scheme of things, I could have done it myself, and I hadn't hired them back. So um, that's one thing I want people to watch: is don't think you got to hire somebody every time, even for big events. You'd be surprised, um, you know, especially at a bar they're 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 kind of captured. They're going to sit there and they're not going anywhere. So, if they come up and they see a little line, and when I say a line at a bar, we're talking four people. That's a line at my bar. Um cuz people they're watching the cart and they just don't walk over. But maybe 10 minutes later once there's nobody in front of me, they'll walk on over. Um so again, I don't really need to hire somebody because of that. If it was at a festival where you're having lines, long lines, yes, you need to hire people. But something like that, or even like a lunch crowd where you're dealing with, say, a street, uh you may want somebody to come work your card, even if it's your wife or something, just for an hour, just to get you through the lunch bump, you know what I mean, where you have that big I long agree. line. you got 30 people or 20 people in line um, or whatever. Um, we'll we'll to have – at some
1: point we'll have um, Thunder Dogs on, and he's going to kind of help us out with doing huge, huge events I am scared of the big, big events. As far as I don't really like crowds, um, and I don't go to concerts. But he does these big events, and he did a big event um, his first time out with the cart. But he knew what to plan for because he had done the event before, selling t-shirts and right. you know gadgets, and seven grand in one night. And I've got pictures on right. my website of his event where the the line is three hundred and fifty people deep, and he went through six <laughs> gallons of chili, and he had. Right. He had the right staff there, and that's right. crucial for when you're doing it. I love it when my wife goes with me because she can handle the money. People seem to respond good to her. She's got that hillbilly country um, accent that's way stronger than mine. If you think mine's strong, you should hear my wife. And and she just huns you to death, and people right. love her. And so it helps me to bring her. Um, I always have Absolutely. a better day.
2: Yeah. um, You know, one of the things we talked on earlier was about going to try and find locations. And one of the questions that come up where people ask me, hey, how much do you pay to be here? I get that a lot, Uh, especially uh, at certain locations. They'll say, they charge you a lot to be here. Um, I've set up at maybe five or six different locations. I paid for one, and that was because it was at a flea market, and they charge everybody. Um, the, The auction company didn't charge me a nickel um the the bar I set up it's a convenience for them, um for their their, their employees and their patrons. They don't charge me a nickel. Um, you know it, it just it, don't go in saying how much would you charge or here's what I'm willing to pay. Exactly, say, you know Exactly. Don't talk like that. And this is one of the things I learned from you in one of your videos early on. Um and this is like it goes back to my vending. One of the things in our vending industry people talk about is commission. Um well I don't talk commission. I don't talk about price uh, as far as hot dogs. What I'm going to charge, uh, you know, I don't, I don't talk about what we're going to charge, uh, what they're go- what they should charge us, what I'm willing to pay. Now, if it comes around that says, "Hey, look," um, I always say, "Let's let's give it a go. Let's try it. If if it works out for me and you, we'll we'll just go from there." Um, and I don't say we'll see how much I can pay or anything like that. I <laughs> will just say, "Let's see if you like us being here." Um, you know, give us a couple weeks or whatever, um, and just try it. A few days yeah. them up and see what you think. And, and if, you, if you that
1: if you cut up with them, Rob, I cut up with people. Right. You know, I'm I'm as country as cornbread, and and I can literally talk the bark off of a pine tree. And if I get out there and I'm talking to someone and I start cutting up with them a little bit and I fill them out and think that they can take a joke, I may even throw in while I'm talking, "Hey, let's try it out. I won't even charge you much." Um, or right. hey, I may end up letting you do this for free, and right. th- th- and kind of spin it so they go, oh well, heck, you know this is a good right. deal for me, <laughs> and, um, exactly because you you actually um, are you're benefiting them.
2: Absolutely, one of the one of the major retailers that I'm in negotiations with right now, we've yet to talk about uh, commission, price, anything, and I've sold it on a good promotion to them. Yep. That's exactly, you know, it's a good promotional, it's a good daily promotional uh, where you'll get people to stop by, um, your customers, your employees, uh, because they used to have uh, little uh, concession bars inside there, uh, and they've downsized like a lot of people, and they did, did away with those. So I've sold it on the idea of being a good promotional item for them. I said, it's real festive. We have a real colorful this, that, and the other. They may even put some balloons up for you if you like, whatever, and we'll make it real festive and, and kind of almost like a promotional or sidewalk sale kind of look uh, to draw some attention. You know, excitement breeds excitement. So if they see the cart and they say, hey, check this out, they'll pull in your parking lot and they may see a sign up in your window that says something's on sale, and they'll say, hey, I could use that, whatever it is. So that's kind of how I sold that little deal, and we're working on it. Um so do
1: I agree don't I, absolutely don't bring up price or can I or how um I always say even on my uh, my little training videos, I tell you to say how would you like it if we stopped by and fed your customers and you know set up the cart? As though I'm doing them a favor. You're not. Right. You're not pushing yourself on them, but you're also not begging for you know permission. And it, it it's all in the way they perceive it. Hey, listen, I wanted to get to this, Rob. We got about five and a half minutes left, and I've got a, another caller on the line, and I want to keep you on the line if you've got time. And um, I want to. Um, I want to catch them, but I also want to tell you for those folks fighting the battle. And I know I've beat IJ, you know, like a dead horse tonight. But if you will go onto my blog and look, just search for, um, just search for Institute for Justice, um, or just search the word justice. I did an article a while back where I posted a PDF that they provide, and you can go to their website and get it as well. It's just harder to find, but they made a PDF that you can present to your city council or your chamber of commerce that kind of opens their eyes to the benefits of street vendors and what it does for a city and real statistics, real statistics that show you that the cities that have street or the streets that have vendors on them are safer streets in America. Real statistics, real data that you can say here's the proof. You know UC Berkeley did a, a, did a, a set of statistics on it. There's a lot of information in that brochure or that packet and you can download it for free. They don't charge you anything for it and you can mail it to your city or you can say listen I want to be put on the minutes for the next city council. I have some things I want to talk about as far as vendors. And you may Get the attention of the city attorney, and he may go. You know, I looked into this, and really, we can't restrict this. We need to go ahead and overturn this. And so, keep that in mind, and don't don't forget about IJ. Um, Rob, let me yeah, catch absolutely. this call real catch this call real quick. Stay on the line with me, and um, and yep. I um I want to make sure I get anybody that wants to that wants to talk. Let's let them talk and and ask questions. Absolutely. Hey caller, this is Ben. You've got Rob on the line too. If you've got a question, I'd love to hear it.
3: Well, I got some comments. (laughs) My husband and I have bought two carts from you, and we're doing very well. And we've been listening to Rob and you tonight, and it really, you you give us a lot of new stuff that we hadn't thought of. But, Rob, you're starting to sound like us. We're up here in the Asheville area, and, you know, we're doing the same thing. We're doing the bars, festivals, and everything's good.
1: (laughs) Well, Great. (laughs) Um I am so, so glad you called in. I, I always worried when I told my wife I was going to do these live shows and she goes, "What if you get somebody that's mad at you?" And I said, "Well, I you know, know the people the people that know me, they know they can call me anytime. I'm I'm available and if if somebody's got a complaint, you're welcome to call me and I I'll, I'll try to make it right cuz we're not infallible. I've made mistakes or something's happened and I've had to fix something. And so I don't, you know, I, I do the best I can but she was worried, she goes, you know, you could you could answer the phone and immediately somebody could be cussing you out and I'm going, I'm just gonna have to yeah. take my chances <laughs> and um and,
3: but, No, no, everything is good and, and we're gonna get registered so we can you know, text in next time but I just wanna let y'all know we really appreciate the show.
1: Hey, thank you for calling in, and and you made my head swell right after I had my heart in my throat when you said, I've bought a cart from you, and I was going, okay, this next part could be real good or real bad. No,
0: no, no. I was sitting there
2: there holding the can uh, a little away from my ear, waiting for what to happen. I didn't didn't know what to expect, but my can was moved away from my ear just in case.
3: (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) But yeah, we just appreciate the show. It really is very helpful, and we went... To a meeting tonight here in the Asheville area, a lot of push cart vendors downtown. We're getting together because we're, I think the city's trying to encroach on us a little bit and getting heavy-handed with us. So we're going to try to fight them in numbers. Even though we're not all food vendors, it's the only way to go.
1: Are you using the the local um, commissary that the gentleman started there in Buncombe County? No,
3: my husband uh, works at a restaurant. Oh so we're using the restaurant cool. as the commissary. Okay. I
1: love it. I love it. I love it. And if I can help in any way or if you want me to send you that if you want me to send you that article, I'll be more than happy to send it to you, um, or get you a All link right. to it if you want to take that to the meeting.
3: Yeah, that would be great. And we're gonna get into the IJ thing because that's gonna help us too because there's a lot of stuff that came up tonight that we're really you know, there's some laws that they're pushing that we don't feel that they can because of the fees we're paying, and, you know, we're really, you know, there's a lot of smart people in this group, and so everything you're telling us and what we're getting together, I think we're going to be good here, so.
1: Well, I I wish you luck. Please stay in touch and let us know, and if you'd ever like to be a part of the show and share some of your experience, I know there's people out there that would, would love it. I know that we have um, a lot more people tonight on, and last time we had, I think it was, the, one hundred and sixty or two hundred people. There was some. It was less than two hundred people on. So there's people out there that, that need this information, and and you can only get so much from right. me. And I love the fact that we get n- new ideas like Rob's. So if you ever want to be on, I'd love it. I have thirty seconds left in the show,
3: and All right. so well, I'll let you go. And thank you again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank good you. Night. You
1: have a good evening. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye. Hey, Rob, thank you so much yes. for joining us, and and Absolutely. if um, I'd love to have you back on whenever you're available. Um, Sure. This this has been brilliant. I thank everybody for listening. I'm going to go ahead and close it out because we're um, five seconds away. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Y'all have a good evening.